At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 19. We're feeling good. Matt Barzell is amazing. I am Matt O'Leary, and I am joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how awesome are you doing tonight after that game? Uh, oh, God. I don't know how to explain it because it was, for a while, it was, we're going to lose to Buffalo. We're going to yeah. lose to Buffalo. This is going to happen. And then, like that, it changed. It absolutely changed. And it so I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I, I'm I'm riding the wave of euphoria right now. But there's also just this kind of like, this almost didn't happen. Just kind of lingering behind my in the back of my mind. Yeah, I get that. Like as I was going through my whole spiel in that open, I, in the back of my head, I was like, well, actually, the second and third periods weren't really all that great. But I don't care about that. Barzell is just <laughs> amazing, and that's one of the things we're gonna hit on. Tonight, as we're going to go through the Islanders' last three games, obviously we're recording right after the overtime win against Buffalo. And to me, Matt Barzell's play over the last three games has got to be the biggest story. Oh, easily. right. There's the hat trick against Winnipeg. Um, there's the winner tonight against Buffalo. and I don't really remember necessarily what he did against Anaheim, but I know it was good. Um, right, like... What was what did he put up on the on on, on that game? I'm gonna pull it up and I say it. Um, you might as well bring it up, but he has been performing at an unbelievable level. 36 points in 37 games in his rookie year. That's beyond impressive. That's beyond impressive. Um, against and I'm oh come on internet. I, there we go. He got two points. How did I not remember that? I don't know how I didn't remember. He got two points against Anaheim, a goal and an assist. So, All right, so he's got six points five in goals the last, in the last three games? He's got five goals in the last three games, six points in his last three. Uh, in terms of point streak, he's definitely got one going on in the last five. Um, last five games, one, two, three, four, five. He's got a five-game point streak. Unbelievable. All right, I'll take it. Well, I'm sure anyone will take that. I'm sure Boston would take it, even though you know, I'm sure they got DeBrusque. <laughs> Big big deal, and they got Jake DeBrusque going on over there. But they three times they failed to get Matthew Barzal. So, um, for me, the biggest takeaway is not only the Barzal, the Barzal. I'm just gonna call him that from now on. The Barzal, the Barzal. Because um, there's only one. Um, it's it's Josh Bailey again tonight. Goal and an assist. Get the guys out of there. Forty-seven points, thirty-seven games. Uh, he's got what is it a nine game point streak going on? Like this is fantastic. Usually December he slows down. He's not maybe not speeding up, but he's keeping pace. That's for sure. In a hundred and five point pace to be specific. That's is, absurd. I have a question, Mitch. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is Josh Bailey going to be the most 
overlooked 100-point player in NHL history. I feel like no one's talking about him outside of us here and the Isles community. Like, on a national level, I feel like Nikita Kucherov is getting all that love. And then it's just like Josh Bay, like, up oh, just another game with an assist. Oh, you know, just obviously he's got more points than games, so he's just... He's killing it, obviously, as you just said, 105 points over the course of an 82-game season. That's what his pace is right now. But I feel like he's not even being talked about as much as maybe he deserves to be. Yeah, well, to be fair, that's what happens when you don't score as many goals as everyone else. True. Right? Like, I, I think that's just it. Nikita Kucherov is up there in points, but because he's also got a ton of a ton of goals. Um, so, whereas Josh Bailey just put in his 12 today. Or 11th, sorry, today. Like, that's not going to make you... That's not going to put you up top of any lists. Um, even though he's got 47 points. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I still have a tickle in my throat. It's unbelievable. I've been sick for like a week now. Um, I just think that, yes, he's going to be overrated. Oh, oh sorry, overrated. Overlooked. Overlooked, uh, Completely yeah. overlooked. He he is currently overlooked. He's a, Like you said, he's a 105-point pace player, and it's just... Can't get any headlines. Although he's got two stars of the week, right? So far this season, compared to yeah. his probably none last year. Yeah, that's a true. That's a that's a fair point. I I don't know. Like to, even in like Isles Land, I feel like he's being overlooked in a sense. I think he's getting the right. I think he's getting love. Which I mean, it's it's about time that people are finally like realizing, hey, this guy's pretty good. But. I don't know. It feels like it's the most quiet 47 points I've ever seen. Yeah, well, that's that's a factor of, like I said, the goals and the type of player that Josh Bailey is, right? Josh Bailey isn't a headline grabber. He's not a flashy guy, even though he can score a flashy goal. We all remember that overtime goal he scored mm-hmm. last year. Um, like he can do those things. He's just not that type of player. So he, he's already automatically going to fall by the wayside all against players like I don't know, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos. Like, he, that's going to happen. Right. So, I, that's that. That's fair to me. I, I, I don't think that... I don't care if he's overlooked. I don't care. Because he's going to put... If he puts up 105 points, I don't care what happens. I, I st- Even if he puts up 105 points, he probably won't even win an Art Ross, or maybe not an Art Ross, but like an MVP player uh, award. That'll be Tavares, because Tavares will probably put just as put up as just as many points as, as Bailey will. Okay. I have a positive I have a positive spin zone for you though. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So since he's being overlooked by the rest of the league, there will be no market for him come free agent time and he could sign a team friendly deal with the Islanders. Boom. There we go. Uh yeah. Sh- I, I sure as heck hope so. What what's a team friendly deal to you? Um well a team friendly deal would I think would be like a six million dollars a year average. See, I I would say less than that, like a five and a half, lo- like lower than six is team friendly. I think six is a fair value for what he what he can do. Because yeah, he's going to score maybe a hundred points this year, but no one thinks he's going to go and do that next year. He might, he probably will, because it's looking easy right now. But no one thinks that he's that type of player. True. I was thinking, like, on the open market, maybe he gets, like, seven. That's why I went with six. Oh, sure. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, you're, maybe you're right. Like, six is going to be that, that sweetheart deal. And and for how long, right? Like, he's 31, 32? 
I'm going to say, I think he's even younger than that. No, he's definitely younger than that. I would say 28, uh, if I had to guess. Why can't I pull him up? Good old NHL.com, right? Failing you left, right, and center, finally. Thank you, NHL.com. He is 28 years old. I was four years off. My Got it. God, 28 years old. He feels like he's been here forever. Yeah, because they called him up at 19 when he wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, eight years on the nine years on the team so far. Um, that's nuts. He's only 28 years old, and so a six-year deal to me that looks that's that's appetizing because you're still getting him. Wait, was his birthday? Yeah, he turned 28 in October, so he's not turning 29 until next season when he would right, start so his what a- first year. So 29, 30, 31, 32, 3, 4. He'd be 34 by the time his contract's up. That's pretty darn good. Would you do a five-year, $30 million contract? Um, I don't think so. You wouldn't do that? What is what is that worth mathematically? I'm, I'm doing that in my head really quickly, and it's not working out. $6 million a year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I would. Well, why, why five years? Seems like a weird number. What would you... You would give him six? six I don't know. Six by six? Why not? Take him till 34. Um... I, I think I think he'd take that five, five might be a team option to be safe. Uh, I, I think he'll go. He'll try to get eight. Obviously, uh, I just don't think the team gives him eight. Well, because I think his last contract was a five-year deal. Right. That's maybe why I did five. Maybe subliminally. I don't know. <laughs> I just five, thirty million dollars seemed like a good benchmark. So that's what I was going to go with. Yeah, I think for me it was just because I was stuck on six by six. Fair enough. So you see both of our small minds on display. <laughs> Mathematics is our is our yeah. forte. Easy easy math only. Um, uh, yeah. I was gonna propose another question to you. Go for it. It's spinning off the offense a little bit, and I'm going to ask you: Are you sold on Yaroslav Halak being back? Um, I want to be. I really do. Um, so I, I wrote something the other day about, uh, on Christmas day, five gifts that I'd give to five Islanders. And the one that I gave to Halak was consistency. And he seems to be repaying the faith. I also said luck for Chimera and look what happened now. He put up another goal. So maybe I'm working out. Maybe I'm a good luck charm for the Islanders or that post specifically. Um, you definitely might be. So tonight he put up a 946 save percentage. Uh, he let in. Two, uh, he's got two, five, four, and one in his last five. He's only got two games under under nine hundred in his last two games, and one of them he didn't start, which is kind of ridiculous. Or did he start it? Yeah, he did start it. I don't understand why they blanked that out. Maybe because it went to shootout. I suppose I I don't understand why they didn't he didn't record a win or anything on that game. <coughs> um. I'm I'm willing to say that that I I'm I'm backing him to be back, but there's something in the back of my mind that says I can't really trust him fully because we've been there before, where we 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 we, we give him that trust like yeah he's back, and then he lets in like those bad goals one once a game. Like, are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, okay. Okay, and okay. He, in his last two games, yeah. He has a 9.50 save percentage and a 9.46. That's right. He hadn't had any back-to-back starts with anything close to that. 
So I I think he's turning a corner. I want to believe because I think he's better than what he has been. Okay, now you're you're softening your stance there as you're talking. So you're are you saying he he is like you, he's now back? Or are you saying he's turned a corner? I think he's turned a corner, and I have faith that he's getting he's getting to that place where we want him to be. But I'm not ready to say that he's back back. But it okay, seems like about, you were. All right, how, can I change my answer slightly? Oh yes, sure. If he plays in Winnipeg on Friday and allows three goals or less, I will say he's back. Okay. On how many shots? Because you've been looking at save percentage, right? So. Oh, okay, fine. How about if he has over a 915 save percentage? About his career average. Okay, 915? Fair enough. I could take that. Sure, I, I'd look at it. And look, he he's just over his last five. It, we could even go his last six. There's only two games that are sub 900. Like, you go back to Boston on December 9th, he's got a 938 save percentage. That's pretty darn good. His worst game is obviously the one against Dallas where he let in four goals on 20 shots. Like, that, that's bad. Real bad. Um, but you, you have that one in every five... Well, you're winning those four games and dropping that one, probably. Right? Like, they shouldn't have lost that Boston game. No. So, that's eight points. That's pretty darn good. I'll take that. I'll take that for sure. All right. So, you have me kind of changing my answer. So, he's almost back, and Mitch is saying he's turning a corner. Is that fair? I think fair that's say? fair. I, I would... I would l- like to hear what someone else say differently. So look, over his last three, or sorry, his last three, his last six, he's got a 913 save percentage. All right, was, that's almost his career average. Exactly. He was a 906 before that, e- even in that small, like, five-game sample size. So he's turning a corner for sure. At the very least, he's turning a corner. And we will take that. So are we just riding this out for as long as possible, or are we giving Grice another chance at any point? You ride the hard hand. You ride it hard. You have to, right? Why wouldn't you? uh, Just in fear that you burn him out and he sucks again? Right. Well, uh, with saying that, you have to play Grice in those standard positions, like the Mm -hmm. back-to-backs. I don't know. I, I think that's really it. Or, or like an Arizona comes to town. I think we've already played Arizona twice. Tonight would have been a Grice game, I think, but I, th- I feel like Doug Wade f- needs to put up a few points on the board. Um, so he went with, with Halak because he trusts him more right now, unfortunately, for Grice, that is. Which is understandable. Oh, of yeah. course. Of course. But I, I think that's why he made the decision. Like tonight, Grice, it, it should have been a Grice game. But you feel he's got the rest. Why would you put Grice in? It's a team that they should win. It's two points that they should be putting up on the board because, like we'll get to later, um, the teams behind them are starting to catch up uh, in the standings. So if you can get a two a two points and know you're going to get two points, you do it. Right. Absolutely. And that's exactly what the Islanders did. It was a little nerve-wracking <laughs> at times. Very nervy. Uh but yeah, Mitch, I'm I'm frustrated. Okay, and just by saying that word, you should know which player I'm going to talk about next. Yeah, you, you tweeted about him a lot today. 
Brock Nielsen oh, there is, he is back in hibernation mode. Mitch Why is do you now say gone. that exactly? He's now gone seven games Eesh. in a row without a point. For without a third, point, that's that's bad. That's the bad part. It's not just a goal; it's a point. What if I told you that he's now gone at least six games in a row without a point on three separate occasions this year? Uh, how? Oh God! He's on pace for twenty-seven oh, points. Oh no! <laughs> no! No! That's bad. That's so bad. This is supposed to be a perennial forty-five goal or goal forty-five point player, and he's not even. He's gonna get about halfway there. Just yeah, over. That's halfway. what I said. That's what I said today Ugh. in the article saying he's back in hibernation mode. It's bad. We're on red alert here. <laughs> like he has generally, if you look at his splits, um, he starts off the season really well and ends the season really well. And by I mean start and end, I mean October March. Those are Brock Nelson months. Between that, it's mm. just he does okay in November. He does not do well in December. He does not do well in January. And then it starts picking back up again. That's about as good as he gets. So you're, you're getting him in peak performance beginning end of the season. So right now, yeah, now it's full on hibernation. He is gone. He's found a hole somewhere. He's fattened up for the winter. Uh, I'm not actually saying he's fat, but I, I'm just I'm following the analogy here. Um, right. And he's just sleeping it off. He's just sleeping it off right now. Uh, he he needs to wake up. He needs to do something. Like that third line is looking pitiful right now. Bovili is looking nice. I don't like Prince on there. Um, maybe it's just because he's missed a ton of games, but he does not look good either. Uh, oh, I just checked this out to confirm. But in his last two games. Brock Nelson has zero shots on goal. Oh no! Even worse. This is just getting so much. The more I can't look at hockey reference anymore. The more I keep looking, it's just getting worse and worse. So he's averaging less time on ice. Like tonight against Buffalo, I I don't remember. I remember two shifts of his. One is he was pinching along the boards, uh, right behind Leonard, and he he seemed to come out there really quick. So I was kind of surprised. Like, oh my god, who the heck was that? I didn't know Chimera. Oh, that's not Chimera. He played 10 minutes tonight, Brock Nelson did. That's rough for him. Usually he's playing yeah. 13, 14 minutes a night. He's playing 10 minutes out there, which yeah. makes sense because he's not scoring. So, Right, and Beauvillier and Prince had under 10 minutes also. Right. So that line not getting a lot of time. No, and that fourth line getting lots of time. So the fourth line really is, if you're looking at it based off of minutes, is Nelson, Beauvillier, Prince. Yeah, pretty much. Really. And and Sezikis is doing well. Last night against, uh, not last night, but two nights ago, or sorry, two nights ago. My God. It, Christmas has been a blur. I don't know about you, <laughs> but it's been an absolute blur. I can't believe we're already the 27th. On the 23rd against Winnipeg, he was dominant on the faceoff circle. So I'm sure that uh, Waite is just putting him out there con- continuously, him being Sezikis, because it just makes sense. Let's win some faceoffs. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Sezikis has played Relatively well. He had an assist tonight as well. He's played well the last couple of times out. Yeah, it's nice to see him back. I know he played really well at the start of the season. He got injured, so he's out for a bit. And it just mm-hmm. seems now that he's back into his full healthy rhythm, which is nice to have. Right, and when he's healthy, he's a rather productive NHL player. That's correct. Uh, what was I going to say? Was, yeah. yeah, so 
Brock just in hibernation mode is once again like here we are again. It's just like a revolving storyline. It just hasn't it doesn't go away. No, it it doesn't and it won't, right? Like what what do you, what do you do with Brock Nelson? You try to trade him, but who's going to take him if he's having a worse year? And it's a career year for not a career year, sorry, but it's a a contract defining year for him right now. Yeah, he's a restricted free agent at the end of this year. So did the Isles re-sign him? Do they try and trade him? I... Uh, they could try to trade him. Like I, I put up something earlier today because um, Elliot Freeman put out a piece saying that Anthony Duclair is going to be available again um, for trade. So I thought, well, the Isles go pick him up, put him on the left wing or right wing. He could play either side. And you put Bovillia in the middle. And that's her new third line. Bovillier, sorry, Bovillier middle, Duclair and Prince on the wing. And Well, actually, I, I said Hosang, but I don't think that they're going to be calling Hosang up anytime soon. Uh, but that, that to me sounds like a productive third line of Hosang, Bovillier, Duclair. Much more so mm-hmm. than Brock Nelson steering the ship on that third line. Like, just There's nothing going on with him. Yeah, that's his problem. He can't be like the, guy. the main focus on a line. Mm-hmm. You need to pair him with somebody. And I mean, Beauvillier, I think we like him, but he's not going to get the most offensively out of Brock Nelson. He doesn't seem to be complimenting his style of play. Uh, Joshua Sang seemed to do that, but he's got some yeah. other issues, according to the team, that he needs to figure out. So he ain't there. Right. Uh, so in addition to Brock Nelson's poor play, another rough narrative from this past week is Calvin DeHaan is, in fact, out for the season. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that I think that's going to be a tough blow for the— We talked a little bit about this last week's show, but I think this is kind of a big deal. Yeah, we have the defensive death, but like you saw today, and as you posted— why are the Isles playing Seidenberg over Ryan Pulak? Why? If, did you see the play where Bailey did a toe drag and then tossed it back to, to Seidenberg to at the blue line? Yeah. And he it just whiffed. And then it was a breakaway opportunity for the Sabres. And then followed that up with a tripping penalty. Yeah, that was a rough passage of play for Seidenberg. Um, what a sequence. Not to say that in that same situation that Ryan Pulak would have done better, he probably would have. Um, that was a pretty bad pass by Josh Bailey, but maybe it wouldn't have been such a bad pass if someone, if Pulak would have been in a better position. Who knows? It's a lot of what ifs, but it's just, you know, in the whole of things, in the totality of the season right now, Ryan Pulak seems like a better option than Dennis Seidenberg. Does it not? Like, am I missing something here? Does Ryan Pulak, is he the 40-year-old man that needs a break now, right now? No, he's like a 21-year-old kid. Get him out there. Let him play. Yeah, that's one of the main things that I wrote about in that piece was, why do the old veterans get so many benefits of the doubts and so many chances to prove themselves while if a younger player makes a mistake they are punished for it and they don't get that opportunity to grow on the ice. They have to go somewhere else 
to learn. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I don't get. That's a tough one to swallow. That that that's that's a that's fair criticism. It's just, just because you've played a thousand games doesn't mean that you get to screw up on the ice just as often. Um, although maybe they're not. Maybe they're, they're seeing things that we're not. But it, it, it does seem to me that Ryan Pulak in the place of dead inside is. Dennis Seidenberg is a better option. And look, I said he's 21. He's actually 23 years old, Ryan Pulak. He's older than we thought. Like, he's not getting any younger. No one, no one is. But at 23, we should figure out what this guy is exactly. And we have no idea. We have yeah, because no they're idea. not giving him the opportunity. Exactly. So let's get him out there and give him a shot. He's played the last few games for a while. Maybe he picked up a knock. Maybe he's got a knock or something. But it just... To me, it just seems like you said it's relying on the vets and going, well, we'll put the vet in because we need a steady hand. Well, your steady hand isn't very steady. So there's a problem with that. Yeah, I that one really bothered me when I saw that uh, this morning when I saw Doug Waite release the lineup. I don't get it, man. When are we ever going to see if this guy is a real deal or not? I, I don't know. I, I thought we'd get a chance this year, but... He's really not. Maybe it, it's he's doing something that we we can't. We're not able to perceive. There's just something there that that Doug Waite doesn't like. Because look, he's he's playing Pelic out there constantly, right? Pelic isn't being scratched. Well, Pelic also got a pretty hefty deal from our general manager, so maybe that's something being passed down from up top. Sure, but you know it's only one point six million dollars on the cap a year. Like that's what. Eight, I guess that's two times more than what Pulak is making. So, fair enough. And it was a long-term deal, so you're not just going to like scratch a guy for four years straight. No, obviously. Um, but it just if contract is a dictator of of how long or on how many games you get to play a year, then that doesn't seem like a good good evaluation tool. Or no, I don't. I don't think it is. But I I think it definitely does play a factor. I suppose. Do you, you think it plays that much of a factor? In like, oh, he's got a big contract. We can't have him sit out. Yeah, that doesn't sit well with me. I, I would hate I, for that to be true. Well, I was going to use Brock Nelson as the example. Not that he has a big contract, but I mean, he hasn't even been scratched once, and he's been terrible all year. Same with Chimera. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, but th- there's something, like in Chimera, I know there's something that Doug Waite likes in him. I don't know what he sees in Brock Nelson. Aside from the fact that he scores 20 goals all every year, no problem, it seems. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we're sitting here waiting like for Brock Nelson to just like wake up one day and become <laughs> a 30-goal scorer, but it's just not going to happen. I I honestly can't disagree I think that's exactly what it is it's just Doug Wade's waking up every day when he's making his lineup going well I'm going to put Nelson in because he could score two he could score none and I'd rather have him on there to score the two than definitely give him than not give him the chance to score any at all yeah I guess th- I mean that's the only logical explanation that I could think of it has to be all right. Do you got anything else from this past week from any of the games? Uh, we already touched on the fact that we we can't count on Grice, which sucks. It sucks to say because for two years we've been counting on Thomas Grice, and now we can't. Um, but to me, it seems that it, Halak is now the number one. Grice is the backup. Um, they they have split the games so far this year. 
Um, but that's going to change as Halak takes more starts or the, the reps start coming more frequently for Halak. Yeah, I I agree. I think they're going to ride Halak for a while, yeah. and it makes sense. Yeah, you have to. All right, our next short topic this week, we wanted to talk about the group of death, Mitch worded as. Yeah, for all my soccer fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Can you explain? So group of I'm death is just fan. like when it comes to a big tournament, you have a group of uh, just a slew of powerhouse teams. So you can have like, um, it wasn't necessarily a group of death, but it, it was pretty close to it. In the, in the last World Cup, it was Italy, England, Uruguay, um, Costa Rica. Now, Costa Rica is not a powerhouse, even though they escaped out of the group, but England, Italy definitely are, and so is Uruguay. So you have three right. teams in a group of four, and only two can make it out. So a big name is going to be is going to be tossed out. So that's why they call it a group of death, because one of these big, big, big teams is going to die at the tournament. To put it like as ominously as possible. Okay. All right, that makes sense. See, now you, I, I learn something new every day. Now you can watch the Thank World you. Cup with me this year. You probably will. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> all right, so Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Philly. Coming in today, to today, we're all just three points behind the Islanders. It's a scary time out there, man. You can't mess up in this Metro division. You lose one game, and you could drop two, three places in the standings. You can. So right now, they still are. So... Pittsburgh and Carolina are still three points back of the Islanders after tonight's win. That's crazy. And and all eight all eight um Metropolitan Division teams are ahead of one, two, three, four, five, five Atlantic Division teams. That's Whoa. crazy how weak the Atlantic Division is. Wow, I didn't realize it was that bad. It's bad. It's real bad. So Philadelphia is the last place Metropolitan team with 38 points, which is above five other Atlantic Division teams. Sure enough, Montreal's only got 36, so it's not far back, but it's still far enough that they're below them. Um, oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, the outside of Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto, the Atlantic's pretty much a dumpster fire. I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh, it, it's... Yeah, and, and the, the top three are, are starting to separate themselves significantly. Like you said, Toronto's got 45 points in the last playoff spot in the Atlantic, and Montreal's next at 36. There's a nine-point gap, and they're even on games played. Boston has 45 points, but has played two games fewer than those other than Toronto. So like they make up on those two games, and they're already like four points ahead of Toronto. That's nuts. Um. But when you come to the, the Metro, look, the New York Islanders, with their 44 points, would be in a top... Well, they wouldn't be in a top three spot, I guess. Um, they'd be just below Toronto. But they'd be a point off second place. They're two points out of, of third place in the division and a good five points out of the top spot. That's crazy. This division is absolutely insane. And look, the New Jersey Devils are in the top of the division. The Devils. They've won five in a row now. Where the heck did the New Jersey Devils come from? Dude, I'm still not buying into the Devils. I'm just going to sit here, probably for the whole <laughs> length of the season, just sit here and be like, I'm waiting. Mitch, it's going to happen every week. I'm going to be like, Mitch, it's going to happen. They're going to fall it's off. Gonna Now's the time. April and they're hoisting the cup, and you're like, what? No, it's <laughs> happening. It's going to happen. They're going to be terrible. Just watch. 
Um, but they're not. They've won five in a row. Like, and this team should not be winning games. Well, they should be winning some, but not this many. They shouldn't no. be this good. Columbus, we knew who Columbus were. Washington, we knew who they were. The Rangers, sure. But like the Pittsburgh Penguins should be better than this. Um, yeah. The Philadelphia Flyers, sure. They're better than last year, but they're still not great. Um, and the Carolina Hurricanes are pretty much exactly where we thought they would be. So it's tough, man. It's We have the second best offense, sorry, tied for best offense in the league with 133 goals for. And we still, we still can't crack the top three in this league, in this division. Well, if Halak really is turning the corner and you start mm-hmm. to get to his career average, they'd be in pretty good shape. That's true. Not now, they might not be at the top of the metro, but they would definitely be moving up, and maybe that first wild card or that third spot in the metro doesn't seem too crazy. No, it the, the third spot in the metro doesn't seem too crazy. Like they're only two points out uh, of Washington, and even on games played with them. Um, but like like we said, Carolina's back there; they have a game in hand. Philly's back there; they have a game in hand, and they're they're not that far back. They're six points back, but. You know, they, they have that one game and they're only four. That's doable. That's all. That's only two games. The Islanders can definitely drop two games. They're going on the road now as well. So, yeesh. Yeah, and the Islanders definitely need a big swing before they go into 2018 to close out exactly. the season. And, and like, it, it, it should be easy to do. They got the two points against Buffalo tonight. They're going up against Winnipeg, who they destroyed the other night. Um, although Winnipeg is very good at home. What's their home record here? It is 12-3-1. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> not looking good. But then they, they, they meet up with the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche in their home, who are just god-awful. Well, they're not god-awful at home, but they're 10-6-1 at home, the Colorado Avalanche. Like The Avalanche aren't very good either. No, they're a bad team. You have to beat Colorado. If you want to make the playoffs and be considered a good team, you have to beat Colorado on the road. Yeah, so... In this, these last three games, including Buffalo, if they pick up four points, that's good. That's a good that that's a good three game stretch to close out the year. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I'd be. Ha- I mean, obviously, I want to win all the games, but mm-hmm. if you if you have to lose one of these three, if it was against Winnipeg, I could understand that. Yeah, for sure. And you got to beat up on the bad teams. Yeah, you got to get the points where you should be getting points, and then. To stand out, you got to nick points where you shouldn't necessarily. So taking one out of Winnipeg would be amazing. Um, yeah, if they lost in overtime and like stole just the point on the road, I think you've got to be extremely satisfied. Keep in mind, they, they, to do that, they would also have to win. They, they did tonight. They would still have to win Colorado. Yeah, that exactly. So it would be five points yeah. in three games. Five points would be optimal. Six points would be optimal. Five points realistic. Four points likely, I think. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. Anything less than four points is disappointing. Yeah. I can't disagree with that whatsoever. No, you can't you can't lose to Colorado. You just you can't. No, <laughs> you can't. You can't. Uh, again, at home, like I, I kinda get it because they're okay at home. Um but you you can't do that. No, they're in the tank Olympics. <laughs> you, which was a you think so? Which is a coin uh yes, they definitely are. I don't know about that. They've won the last, what is it, two or three? Colorado's won two in a row, I think. They've won, sorry, one. They're 5-4-1 and one the last 10. They are, look, 
Arizona's got 21 points. They're 16 points ahead of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, they're nine from the bottom now. They will have a top five pick. You're a betting man. I will bet you that they have a top five pick. They're, that they'll finish top five. Yeah, I, I'll take I'll take that. I'll take the field for top five. I I don't think Colorado oh. takes a top five pick. I'm writing it down. I have my pen. It's blue, light blue. Colorado, top five. Bet, Matt, yay, Mitch, nay. So when June comes around and <laughs> it's draft time, everyone tweet at TLO Mitch when Colorado has the third pick in the draft. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, what is your, yours? Is like at M Saul Matt O'Leary New York. Your address yeah. probably and like a million other characters. I think I can't recite it all. It's just Matt O'Leary NY. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. We'll tweet at you when inevitably Colorado does not get a top five pick because they're terrible when it comes to the draft, just like we saw last year. We'll see, Mitch. Yeah, we will. We see. will, and we'll see when I'm right. Listen, I do another podcast, and, and every week they try to bet me on something. Like, oh, the Islanders are going to lose tonight. Oh, Bobby, or not Bobby Ryan, uh, Mark Stone is, is going to be his, an 80-point player. And I always take the other side of it. Obviously, if the Islanders win, I take them. Um, and I, I haven't lost yet, so it's not looking good for you, my friend. That's I'm right, usually a bad better, so we'll see. <laughs> it's good that you admit it. It's the first step. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, definitely this group of death is not very fun. No. It's very difficult to play in. And although right now the Islanders didn't jump up above the Rangers. They did for now, unless the Rangers won tonight. They might have won. I feel like they did in a, in a shootout. Then they wouldn't Maybe. have. Then they would be tough. NHL.com is giving me false information. Yeah, let's just skip ahead. We don't need to talk about the Rangers. We don't need to give them no. any airtime. No. If you want to listen to Rangers talk, you've come to the wrong place. That's for sure. This is true. Let's talk about the World Junior Tournament. Always a fun watch. And let's talk about some Islanders prospects that you could be seeing in the World Junior Tournament. Yeah. So there's three, right? There's... Uh, Robin Salo, uh, Otto Koivula, and Kiefer Bellows, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So Bellows is USA, and the other two are Finland. Nice. Good representation from us. And Bellows already got at least a goal, uh, although I think they're still in preliminaries right now. Yes. Uh, he did have a... It wasn't a shootout. It was a penalty shot, no? I, I All I saw was the headline is that he scored. I don't watch... USA games. Sorry, buddy. Wow. He was just like, eh, I don't care about your country. That's pretty much what I got from that. No, I don't. I'm Canadian. <laughs> it's just it's just red and white over here. That's it. No no blue. Wow, that was that was harsh. I, I felt that like right in my <laughs> chest. That that got me good. It, listen, it's double IHF time. Like I, I gotta like gotta sit with my clan of Canadians. I can't just join a the band of Americans for what reason? Because 
files are in America. That's not how it works. That's just not how it works, my friend. Wow. That's aggressive. I got to respect it, though. I definitely got to respect it. It's going to be a good time on December 29th when we play each other. December 29th. We probably we should got to make a bet for that, but we'll share that on Twitter. Okay, fair enough. What it is. Fair enough. So, what do you hope to get out of these three in this tournament? What do you hope to learn from these three out of this tournament? You're, are you going to watch all three? Obviously, you're going to watch the U.S. games, but are you going to watch the Finland ones? Uh, doubtful. Doubtful? Because they play tomorrow at noon. I'm going to turn it on. Maybe. Okay, they play at noon? Yeah. I'll try I'll try and watch. There you go. At noon, that could probably happen. It's still preliminary. It's against Denmark, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but, well, I guess it does matter because it's still ranked. Yeah, I, I'm curious, you know, what these guys do. I, For me, the one that I really want to watch is Kiefer Bellows. I really kind of fell in love with his game during the uh, juniors tournament last year. Yeah. And I said this at the time last year, uh, probably going to get blasted for it because of my article uh, yesterday, but I said that I like Bellows as a prospect more than Michael Del Cole at that time. Huh. Odd that you would say that. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's not fitting any narrative <laughs> that I like to run or anything like that. Not at all. <laughs> no. Uh, shout out to my boy, Michael Del Cole, with now seven points in the last seven games. Wow. Good job, buddy. I know he's got two tonight. He got two goals tonight, so not looking good for you. No, it isn't looking good for but me. But maybe you just needed but to light the fire. I did. I'm the biggest mush there is. <laughs> <laughs> and Chimera scored tonight, too. So it's like my, my two mortal enemies just like... Well, Brock like Nelson did stick nothing, it to him. so... True. I still have him. I don't have enough powers to get him going Although, in the right direction. Although, like Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. This is very true. Um, so for me, the one that I want to watch the most is Bellos. Um, do you agree? Do you want to see? Yeah, no, I, I think for, for now, like, I, I, I love to see Sal and Koivula. I'm not necessarily going to tune in to watch Finland unless they play Canada, which they did today. Was it today? Yeah, no, yesterday. Sorry, it was yesterday. I don't see again, blur. I forget what mm-hmm. day it is today. Um, they played and they won 4-2. Um, the other two were unremarkable. So and there's no one really on the aisles um, that is playing on the Canadian roster, so I already don't really have anyone to watch necessarily when it comes to Team Canada. Right. So, like, whatever. Koivula got an assist. That, that, that much I know. But whatever. It's a secondary one, I think. Like that, th- those don't necessarily matter that much in terms of like this tournament. I'm not. I, I'm really watching Bellows because again, the, the momentum is there. The guy's got how many like, points in juniors? A million and a half in like 50 games. I, I don't know what it is. It's something absolutely ridiculous. Um, the momentum is all with him. So I want to. I want to watch the narrative develop from him. I want to see him have another strong tournament that he had. That the same one that he had last year. That's what I'm hoping for. He did have two goals. He already has two goals, two. you mean? or? Yeah. Remember we were talking about, was it one or two goals? It's two, there you apparently. Go. Um, and, ooh, can I do math? He has, in World Juniors, in 15 games, nine goals. That's pretty darn good. I'd take that for sure. 
Um, that, and that just continues the type of player that he is and the type of player that we're used to. So that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. I love it. Yeah, so that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Mitchy agrees with me there. Uh, ooh, quick check-in before we uh, before we move on. Uh, remember we had like that reoccurring segment where we would just talk about ha- uh, Kiefer Bellows' update and how many goals he has? Yeah. Okay, so what's, with what's the, the Portland count? Winterhawks, we are now up to 19 goals, 21 assists in 31 games, so 40 points, 31 ooh. games. Wow, dominating! Uh, can we have like the domination clocks? And I should really program that in my little my little keyboard here to have that play immediately. Like a, uh, um, we'll, we'll call it the Kiefer Bellow Claxon. Um, so whenever like we talk it. about him and we rave about his point scoring production, we could just. <laughs> Do you think he reaches his goal, which he said? This summer, he wants to be on the Islanders roster next year. Absolutely, because I think Brock Nelson isn't necessarily going to be here next year, and that's the perfect substitute for Brock Nelson. Yes, agreed. Like, seriously. Brock Nelson's a finisher. We know that. So is Kiefer Bellows. But Kiefer Bellows seems to have so much more. He'll have that motivation, which Brock Nelson doesn't seem to have. It's perfect. It's, it's the perfect match. Okay, Mitch, I, I just got a little tingle in my chest <laughs> thinking about this. Ready? No, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me explain. Okay. Think of third line. Yeah. Oh. Bellows, Bovillier, Hosang. I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. You got defensive responsibility Ooh. with some offensive production in Bovillier. You got just pure creativity in Hosang, and you just got deadly fin- finisher in, in, in Kiefer Bellows. You've got all three aspects. Oh. Love it, fantastic. That I I am ready for that. <laughs> I am so ready for that. Yeah, let's do it. Ship it. Fast forward to next year. Isles win a cup now. Um, Josh Bailey has two million points, and Kiefer Bellow is now in the league. Perfect. Let's get it done. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's get into our long topic of discussion for this week. Okay. I think it was yesterday. See. We're both off from work this week. We don't know what day it is. I haven't changed out of sweatpants all day. (laughs) I've been in sweats all day. Um, So I posted my top three disappointments, and then you posted your top three positive surprises. Yes. So let's talk about those. Uh, What do you want to start with? You want to start with the positive or the negative? Let's do the negative so we can end on a more positive note. All right. I like your style. I like your style. So I want to pull up the exact list because I want to go in the exact right order. order in which I yeah in the exact order in which I wrote it I was pretty sure it was goaltending Hosang Chimera I think uh, yes. it was that order memory serves me correctly I don't remember what day it is but I remember what you wrote see how important you are in my life Matt it just shows you love me that's right oh it, it wasn't it wasn't Chimera no. Chimera wasn't on there <laughs> darn it it was somebody else I'll, I'll save that for yeah, save it tease it Okay. So first, let's talk about the goalies. Well, we already went over it, right? We already went over we already went over it, but that that was disappointment number 1. Yeah. For, Let me just skip to disappointment number for 2. For obvious reasons, right? Like Rice has been bad, Halak has been bad at the start of the season, so on and so forth. Then my number 2 was Josh Hosang. And I don't mean like Hosang himself okay. is the disappointment. Okay. It's the treatment of Josh Hosang. Right. That's the disappointment. I, when I was reading that and I saw Hosang a disappointment, I went, that's not Matt. 
Matt didn't write this. Oh my God, Matt's name is on this. Why did Matt write that? And that's when I, I read it over. I went, oh, he means the situation around Hosang. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's definitely right. Yes. So actually, my first line of the slide was, let me clarify, (laughs) Joshua, saying himself hasn't been a disappointment. It's more the handling of him from the organization's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we we can look at at his point totals, both in in the NHL and AHL, and he's putting them up. That's not a problem. We don't necessarily know what the problem is. Is it his defensive responsibility? Well, maybe he's just not a defensive player. Like, I think the Islanders should have known that when they drafted him. Can you teach defensive responsibility? Yeah, probably not to the extent that they'll let that they'll want it. I think he's always going to turn the puck over. That's just going to happen. Um, that's just part of the process, right? That's just part of his creativity. So can they can they legislate that or, or train that out of him? I doubt it. So like, why send him down? Why? No, uh, I and I don't see my last line. Too was kind of like I don't see how him ping ponging from the AHL to the NHL is going to do him any good either. No, exactly. Like, just stick with one. And to me, I feel like he's already mastered the AHL level. So what's the point of just keeping him down there? To learn systems, defensive formations. I, I, I I'm at a loss, man. Like it has to be that. But you're like, well, he can learn that at the NHL level. So why waste his time? Just so Bridgeport, Bridgeport can be good, you you want to like your responsibility is to make the Islanders better, not Bridgeport. Oh my! God. You just reminded me. Can we do a little TBT real quick okay. with that line? Yeah. Last year, I wrote something when the Islanders called up what the hell was his name, Connor Jones? Yes. And I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why aren't you calling up someone with more impact?" And they were like. Oh, like why would you want to call up someone from who, of significance on the Sound Tigers because they're going about to go into the playoffs? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that we care more about the Sound Tigers than we do about the New York Islanders. Yeah, exactly. It it, it should not matter. It should be inconsequential what happens to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. If they can win, if they can win a championship, cool, that's great. We're trying to win one here, so it doesn't matter what they do. Yeah, pandering. Islanders fans telling me that they should pander to the Sound Tigers' best interest was just blew my mind, and that sparked my memory with that. So, <laughs> thank you for that, Mitch. You were triggered. I, I was very triggered. <laughs> I was about to jump through my computer screen. Uh, 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 yeah. No. So, yeah. Sure. I I can buy into that. What's what was your third one though? Dennis Seidenberg. Oh, right. Of course. Just because of how bad he's. Like, it's very bad. 42.4 CF percentage. That's rough. And that's like the worst on the defensive line, isn't it? By by some margin. Yeah, and especially if you compare it to Pulak's, his is just under 50%. I think it's 49.7, I want to say. Which is the second highest behind Boychuk. Wow, that's pretty good. (laughs) I know that they're not based off of like per 60, but I, th- I think that might, might do something to it as well, right? So like obviously Pulak is playing a lot less than most of these guys. So if he plays a couple of good games, that's going to boost up that average a lot better or a lot more. <sighs> but it's just he's, he's still doing it. He's playing enough that it's up there. He's still putting up those numbers. So Yeah, Pulak's played in, I want to say, 22 or 23 games, and Seidenberg's played in 13. 
Well, counting tonight, 14. Wow, okay. So, close. He's played more. He's got a larger sample size, and it's still not panning out. So, Or, sorry. Yeah. He's got a larger sample size, and it's better. So, you would think that right. based off the the more repetitions he had, it would, it would kind of regress back to the mean, but that's clearly not happening. So, that's good, in a way. Right. And I also said a solution should be not putting Dennis Heinberg out there and maybe call up Devin Tays. Yeah, but they're not going to use that. To ro- like, then you got to clear up a roster spot, right? Would you cry if they let if they cleared Seidenberg's roster spot? Oh, or Quine? No, no, I would not. I would not lose any sleep over that whatsoever. Right, but th- they would. They wouldn't do that. No, they wouldn't do that. That's not <laughs> happening. They like to drive us crazy. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, do you want to get to my three surprises? Yeah, yeah, let me get the three positives. So three positives. Obviously, number one, numero uno, is Josh Bailey putting up 105 points. Uh, he hasn't literally done 105 points, but he's on pace for that right now. On pace. Uh, I think. I, I haven't calculated it after tonight's game, but before tonight's game with 105, he might be on for more than that because he's got two points tonight, um, which is nuts. Uh, we knew he was going to do... Well, but we thought well was going to be floating around that 56 point, um, something like 50, 60 points or so, not double that to 105. Like no yeah. one thought that was going to happen. No one thought that was a reality. And that's the reality we live in today, which is amazing. It's amazing to live in the world where Josh Bailey's a 105 point player. So that's a surprise. The second surprise is kind of like the first surprise where we thought that this player was going to be good. We didn't think it was going to be this good. And, of course, I'm talking about Matt Barzal, right? Putting up, what is it, 37 points or 36 points in 37 games for a rookie? What? This is amazing. <laughs> we didn't think, we, we knew he was going to be good. We didn't know he was going to be that good. 13 goals. We didn't think that he was going to be this good. It's just a continuation. And number three is kind of just like number one and two, which is Anders Lee being on a 50-goal pace. It's obviously dropped after tonight where he didn't score. He'll probably put another one up tomorrow. Uh, not not tomorrow, sorry, on the 29th when they play. Uh, this guy is on a 50-goal pace. No one thought that he can score 50. We didn't think he could score 34. We thought that was amazing last year. And getting 30 from him again this year would have been amazing. But we're getting 20 more than that. That's fantastic. That is an amazing surprise. Yeah, all three of those, I mean, I 100% agree with those. Uh, I would I do no those are top three or just three in general the top three um, yeah I, I don't think there's any any better ones than that like Nick Letty's dropped off no. a bit um, and I didn't want to put Tavares on there because Tavares this isn't a surprise he is a point per game player yeah. like if he didn't do that I, I would be disappointed if he was less than 80 points I'd be slightly disappointed. So when he did 65, 66 last year, I was kind of, uh, that's not great. Sure enough, he, he missed for, for injury, but it still wasn't fantastic. But I, I almost expect this of Tavares. It's almost unfair for him. So I, 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 didn't, I didn't quantify that as a surprise per se. Right, because I was thinking the, maybe the only other argument you can make is just like the top six in general being as good as it is. Right. As a surprise, but... I can't disagree with any of those ones. Lee has been fantastic. Again, I was a little apprehensive about him repeating 
Same with Bailey. I was a little apprehensive with him repeating. And I, you know how high I was on Matt Barzell, but I didn't think he'd be this good. No, exactly. Like, again, we were super high on Barzell, but we didn't think that he'd be like that. Right. Not, not like, not Calder. We, we'd love for him to be a Calder trophy at the beginning of the season, but we didn't think that that was a possibility. Again, when's the last time right. a New York Islander won an individual award? <laughs> Aside from Travis uh, Hamannick. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Mike, I don't know, I tell Mike you. Michael Pekka is a Selkie winner, maybe? Probably. Jeez. Like, Rough times. It's been a while. Mitch, you want to jump into the social segment? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I have a little bit of a story. Yeah, I know you do. Let's go for it. It was a little weird. I, was, I wasn't expecting this. So yesterday, I wrote something, and it was titled... I think it's time we need to talk about Michael Delcole. It's a continuation of your hashtag done, Michael Delcole. Yeah, hashtag done. All so right. I, I looked up his numbers. He going into yesterday, he was on pace for another forty-one point season. So no growth again at the AHL level, and not scoring nearly enough for you know someone who was looked at as a finisher. Right. So I wrote that it was fine. Oh, everyone agreed with me, except for much later in the day, I got a tweet, and the tweet said, less than 1K followers, that's a bust. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, why is this person calling out my follower account? Wow. Like, okay. And then I look at the name. His name was Gus Cole. Oh, like, no. So, wow. and then I check him. He's got 144 followers. So, whoop de doo. He's he's killing the game, calling out me with like 950. Let's say I don't know something like that. Right. And so I quoted the tweet, and I was like, "Someone with the last name Dal Cole doesn't like that I said Michael Dal Cole hasn't produced enough for a top five pick." And then like the thinking face emoji. Instant block. Got blocked right away. Yeah, that, like, no no response, just block. I don't think you could have answered that and not get a block. I think a block was coming no matter what you said. No matter what. Oh, thanks for thanks for the quote, block. Oh, okay. That wasn't necessary, but all right. And I, when I that first happened, I knew it was probably someone related to Michael Dalcole. What I didn't know was that it was his own dad. Confirmed his father's name is Gus Dalcole. Oh, wow. As a dad, I get it. Like, you don't want to see your kid being dragged through the mud. But to be fair, he's a public figure, and he's not producing. It's been how many how many years is he at the AHL right now? Three? He played a handful of games a couple of years ago. Last year was his first full year, and this year is his second. So, like, and, and, and nothing's happening. We're coming to the end of his cycle, and it's, what do we do with Michael Del Cole? What is Michael Del Cole? Is he what we thought when we drafted him? Eesh. I don't think He's so. the only there was two players from that first round that did not make their NHL debut yet. The other one did not I'm blanking on his name, forgive me. He did not sign an entry level contract with the Avalanche and then got redrafted two years later in the fifth round. So yeah. Rough so times. realistically, Dal Cole's the only one from that class that hasn't made his NHL debut yet, and he was a top five pick. Yeah. And like I, I understand the, the the argument where a bigger body needs more time, but they don't all need more time. And even then, Josh Bailey's not a small body necessarily, and he's he's there. He was there right away. Maybe he wasn't ready right away, but it worked out eventually. He's not. He's just not doing enough to 
mark himself or make his put his name on 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 people's minds and lips and it's just it's unfortunate but he he isn't doing enough that's the reality of the situation if they want to be mad about it fine that's fair you're allowed to be mad about it but like don't come after my my twitter follower account because like that doesn't matter to anyone ever in any walk of life mitch if i wrote a hit piece about elliot not Knowing his ABCs, would you come after me on Twitter? You'd be dead. <laughs> okay, so it definitely is the fatherly <laughs> instinct. <laughs> it, there, there's a fatherly instinct for sure. But at a certain point, you're like, why do I care? <laughs> why should I care about this guy? If a thousand followers is, is your benchmark for relativity, then why even answer? And it, like, it doesn't matter. Why? She also has us blocked on eyes on aisles. I checked. That's fair. Obviously, like that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter. A block was coming. The block probably happened before you even answered. Could have. So, Very well, could have. I, I think he just. It's it's kind of cowardly to say. Well, not to say, but it's kind of cowardly act to be like, uh, here here's a remark ca- block. Like, well, okay, I guess fine. You wanted to get your thing in. All right, fine, whatever. He's. Uh, I, I get why he was impulsed to say so. He he probably regrets it at this point, but whatever. I don't know. Still funny that I'm blocked on Twitter by <laughs> Michael Douglas. That that is just such my brand. It's so you're funny. Hashtag done with him. Oh, that is great. Um, for the other thing that I have for the social, uh, how about we do our favorite social media moments from 2017 from okay. the Islanders? Um. The Hosang tweets were great. Yes. The, like, if you have to force it, it's probably poop. Um, <laughs> that's definitely my favorite one, and I use it to this day. Why, why be moody when you can shake your booty? <laughs> Fantastic. A great one. Um, the continuation of the Robo JT tweets. So, like, mm-hmm. whatever he tweets is just an advert. Um, so there's the beach one. There's the recent one with the briefcase with his initials or his, at least just his number on it. And uh, more recently, the Beauvillier picture of him and Barzal from when they were like 16 years old. That is just, that's fantastic. That's amazing. I need that like blown up as a poster <laughs> on my wall. That's just too good. In all its granulated uh, glory. Oh my God. Mitch, you, be- you better watch out for when Colorado has a top five pick. Oh, please. Come on. Like, seriously, <laughs> it's not happening. And I can't wait to watch us American boys beat down your Canadian boys this week. Oh, 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 it's on. And you guys will lose, and it's going to be embarrassing for you. It's going to be embarrassing. All right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We will. I just hope you have your Twitter fingers ready. They're right here. They're they're ready to a Twitter. A Twitter? A tweet? Twitter? Uh, whatever. A tweet? A tweet. Something like that. All right. So we're running a little bit long. We should probably wrap it up. That was my... Funny banter to wrap it up, but I forgot to plug the website and Twitter and the stuff, so yeah. I have to go back. Go back. All right. So give us a follow on the main page, uh, Eyes on Isles FS, where we live tweet games, GIFs, videos, all your favorite stuff. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Give us a like on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. And as always, visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all things New York Islanders. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. I'm Mitch Anderson. 
You do that every week, Mitch. Jesus, I set you up. I go, I'm at O'Leary, and then I do the hand thing, and you're just like sitting there, like staring into space. Well, there's a lot of stuff to look in my in my studio, like this autographed John Tavares sweater hanging on the wall. Do you want to talk about that quick? I I got an autographed John Tavares sweater for Christmas. That's all I got. Who, That's all I got. Who who gifted that? Oh, to my you? brother did. Your brother should win an award. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll let him know you said so. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.